Peacock and Williamson mailbag on today's Wednesday episode. Devontae Adams has been charged with a misdemeanor. Checking in on some statistics. Uh, how silly is the Patrick Mahomes to Travis Kelsey connection? And how about those 4-1 and one and 5-0 and oh NFL teams? Which one of those teams are for real? Which of those teams are not, in our opinion? All that and more coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Uh, Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson. Thanks for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide. And they have a special offer for our listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on. All right, we got tons of good questions here for the Peacock and Williamson mailbag on today's show. Uh, I want to get some news out of the way here and a lot of talk about Devontae Adams and, you know, the, the ugly scene after the game pushed over, you know, uh, boom mic operator, cameraman, whoever it was that was kind of running through the scene there. Um, the, the more I watch it, the more I realize that Devontae Adams was was pretty much in the wrong there and i mean he didn't think that his life was in danger because there was a guy running at him with the stick he was just really upset and 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 i think he's actually a good dude and he was sorry about it instantly and all that but um there were files charges the files charged and now it looks like um adams will be charged with a misdemeanor assault for that shove post monday night football do you think that's the right call man yeah, I think so. I mean, it's such a public thing. I mean, I think what affects us more is, is there a suspension looming as well? And maybe by the time people hear this, that'll be the next shoe to drop. I'd be shocked if he gets suspended by any more than a game, though. I mean, if you get one or a fine, I understand that it happened on an NFL field. Um, other than that, I will probably put this thing to rest and no one will be talking about it in a week, you know? Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was dumb. Devontae Adams doesn't come out looking good from it. No. Um, but it's not the the worst thing in the world. You hope the guy's not actually hurt. They, sure. There's supposedly some injuries and maybe went to the hospital. Hopefully he heals up quickly if those were injuries. But sometimes you do something stupid and you take your medicine. And that's what's going to happen here with Devontae Adams. And then I think we can all move on. Um, unfortunate what happened there. Unfortunate what's going on with the uh, the Raiders as well. Um, yeah. Some more news out there with. Tua Tagovailoa, it's looking like he's not going to play, not going to resume any football activities. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be anytime soon, but certainly already ruled out for this week. He was ruled out quickly last week. I don't know if this is a situation that might linger on. Uh, head injuries is a is a touchy thing, too, because, I mean, how long do you have to wait? It's really a difficult situation the Dolphins are in right now. 100%, because we don't really know about Bridgewater at the moment. Um, there are some good news. I mean, they've ruled Tua out for this week. But they said, so I assume he's going to practice in some regard. They're excited to have him back at practice. So what's he going to do there? Who knows? Maybe we'll learn that in the next 24 hours. Just light throwing. What's he going to do? You know, so I guess that's good news. And we do just minutes ago have confirmation on Bridgewater, who is also out. It's going to be Skylar Thompson. Is it really? This week. Wow. Yep, against the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, at least the poor kid this week can take practice reps and get get ready as opposed to 
you know, hey, you're new, under, you know, late draft pick or undrafted, I can't remember, get thrown in the game right away after not doing anything with the first team all week. I mean, so maybe it's a little bit better showing, but that's rough, really rough. Yeah. Uh, the other happenings with Monday Night Football, aside from Devontae Adams and the Raiders, was on the other side with the Kansas City Chiefs and yeah. four touchdowns scored by Travis Kelsey there. Uh, we're going to get into some of the mailbag questions here, but I know you had some stats that you wanted to bring up about that Mahomes to Kelsey combination. Yeah, I was listening to the Ringers podcast this morning and they dropped this number and I went, really? I had to rewind, you know, I'm like, and wrote it down and said, is that really true? And I think a lot of you know I'm quickly becoming an EPA nerd. And when Mahomes targets Kelsey, Mahomes' EPA on those plays is 0.72, which probably doesn't mean a lot to you guys. However, 0.72 is double the best quarterback's EPA in the league right now, which also happens to be Mahomes. <laughs> so what he's doing minus Tyreek Hill and the way they're employing Kelsey is just unbelievably remarkable and efficient. Uh, yeah, it's hard to be more efficient than that, and especially when you're talking about points, because EPA is expected yeah. points added, and when you're scoring four touchdowns per eight, <laughs> that targets, too, that too, yeah. you know, half the time you're targeting, you're scoring touchdowns. You know that's not really uh, how it's gone throughout the, his career, but that's how it went on Monday Night Football. It's insane. He, he's, you know, on third down, who else would you be looking for? And Kelsey's so good at getting open. Mm -hmm. And teams haven't, I thought it would be maybe more difficult this year because sometimes you see that. And I think that's where it's going a little bit in Dallas with, with, um, with CD Lamb's like, okay, right. Right. Cooper's gone. CD Lamb's going to get insane amount of targets. But sometimes when the other team knows where the targets are going to go, it's easier to sort of bracket that player and focus on that player and say, okay, you got to beat us elsewhere. And I thought maybe there was a potential, you know, aging of Travis Kelsey. It would be more difficult because teams aren't worried about Tyree kill anymore and they can do what they need to do in coverage. And that hasn't really happened. No, I mean, it reminds me of Cooper Cup with the Rams, except one offense is great and one's a disaster. Yeah. And, you know, I got a lot of heat for not having Kelsey as my number one ranked tight end for fantasy. And that was exactly my concern. I'm like, he's a year older. There's going to be bracket coverage all over the place. I mean, everyone should let Juju and Marquez Valdez Scantling and those guys beat him. But it just doesn't matter. I, I mean, I think a lot of it has to be on McVeigh with Cup and um, Reed's shoulders for scheming up their best player and getting them the football. Not every offensive coach can do that. We did have a question in the YouTube comments, Matt, about Tom Brady and wondering if okay. you know, some of the older quarterbacks, if it was just a bad luck year for them, maybe their defenses weren't holding up their part of the bargain or some injuries and, you know, their their weapons being subpar. Is that part of the reason we're seeing some of the older quarterbacks like Brady and Rogers have a little bit of a struggle, a little bit of a funky go to start the season. I think there is some bad luck. There's definitely some injuries and their, their receiving groups have been probably non-ideal for what they had hoped and what they have had sometimes in the past, but both those teams have really good defenses. So it's, it's not like, uh, I, I think the, the question was, what if you put Brady on the Cowboys, would that be a big difference? And I don't think it would be at all because the the Bucks have a really good defense and the Packers have a really good defense. Yeah, and I have a Brady stat I want to throw out there, but as you were saying that, I backed it up with another stat. And and here's where I'm getting this stuff is Steeler the the, the, the Steelers ask me to do a stat pack every week that you can find on Steelers.com, usually on Thursday or so. 
and I go crazy on it. It's like 3,000 words of Steelers Bucks. And I, I went into that thinking, boy, the Bucks offense is really struggling this year. And maybe Brady ain't what he used to be. It's really their run game. They basically have the worst run game in the entire league. And the last two weeks, the offense as a whole has ranked sixth and sixth again in EPA, but they were 31st through the first three weeks. So I think they're very quickly figuring it out. And Godwin's back. Evans is lighting it up. And they're just not running the ball. But here's the number that blew me away. And this is a somewhat of a Brady lifetime stat. And I, I prefaced this by my, my article. Like I could write the whole article about Brady lifetime stats. I avoided that. But in the last two games, as I mentioned, their EPA has been sixth in each of those weeks. He's thrown 52 passes in each of those games. That's a big number of attempts. So since 2016, Brady has a 5-2 and two record when he throws 50 or more passes in a game. Like, okay. I mean, that doesn't blow anybody away, right? I mean, 5-2. and two, He's done it seven times. That's not crazy. Over the same span, the rest of NFL quarterbacks that have attempted 50 or more passes are 21 105 and four. So he has like five of the 26 wins and he has two of the 107 losses of 50 or more attempts. It's insane. That is insane. So what you're saying is when you have Tom Brady, you don't need a run game because the, the short passing game becomes right. the run game. Exactly. Like, okay, they don't run the ball and their line might not be that great, but he doesn't take sacks because he knows everything's coming and he'll throw to all levels he also gets a ball out of his hands quicker than any quarterback in the league this year and is tearing things up the more he throws. So I think he's just fine. Yeah. And, you know, last note on that is we, we've, we've, we tend to focus, you know, in the fantasy football minded world, we, we focus a lot on the receivers and mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers lost Devontae Adams. And sure, that's part of it for the Packers and, uh, and Aaron Rodgers and, and their offense. And of course, there were some injuries with, you know, Julio, which you should have expected, and, sure. and knew there was going to be some injuries coming into the season with, uh, with Godwin came back and then had the hand. Evans was suspended again. Yeah, yeah. Evans. So that you know, there's been some problems there at wide receiver, but both of those teams have had really banged up offensive lines too. You can't about that. That has that's a huge part of it, and maybe even a bigger part of it in, in a lot of cases, and probably more so for the run game for those Buccaneers. Yeah, and they've had nine receivers on the field over the course of the year. And five of them have played a lot of snaps, including Perryman and Gage. You know, so they were really searching. But now that they've Godwin and Evans, the rest is fine. You know, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So those and those guys are going to be fine, and they're going to be in the playoffs. I have, yeah, a they're in the hunt. Those teams and quarterbacks. Okay, uh, moving along, we've got some more questions from the mailbag. Taking a look at four and one and five and zero oh teams. Which one of those teams are for real? Which ones are not? And maybe our answers might surprise you but now a word from our sponsor better help have you ever had a problem with focusing on problems more than finding the solutions you get stuck focusing on those issues in your life and 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 how might that situation go better with a different mindset uh, that's one of the biggest benefits you can get with therapy and better help can help get you there it can be tough to train your brain to stay in problem-solving mode when faced with a challenge in life. But when you learn how to find your own solutions, there's no better feeling. A therapist can help you become a better problem-solver, making it easier to accomplish your goals, no matter how big or small. Just the weekly check-in of, are you meeting what you need to do every week for yourself? Are you hitting those checkpoints you need to in your life every single week can be 
massive. And getting therapy through BetterHelp can be a lot more cost effective. You can uh, meet however you want. Are you someone who wants to meet face to face over video chat? Do you want to text? Do you need a phone call? Like, how does it have to be? It's on your schedule, on your time. It is super convenient, more accessible, more affordable than traditional therapy, and entirely on. Line. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. Get matched with a therapist after filing out a brief survey in minutes. It is super easy. I've done it. And if you don't like the therapist you're matched with, that's okay. Sometimes that happens. And it takes a few times. You can switch very easy. Switch therapists at any time. When you want a better when you want to become a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's Better help, better H E L P dot com slash locked on. Thanks again, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day. Make sure you check out NFL key predictions every Friday on Locked On NFL. Locked On's local experts give you the inside scoop on the five biggest games of the NFL weekend, including Sunday and Monday night football, plus betting advice from the field's leading experts. Follow NFL Key Predictions every Friday on Locked On NFL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. And by the way, Peacock and Williamson is found on YouTube on the Locked On NFL channel. So make sure you are subscribed up there. Hit that notification bell. Hit the thumbs up and all those things. Matt, from Twitter. Yes. A good segment might be, to look at all the 4-1 and one or 5-0 and oh teams and which ones you think are for real. Which ones will end the season under 500? You can include some 3-2 and two teams as well that you think will be above some of those 4-1 and one and 5-0 and oh teams. Okay. Well, there's six teams that have four or more wins. And I just pulled up the standings. Buffalo's the first one that pops up. They're plus 91 in point differential after blowing out my Steelers last week. They, to me, are absolutely real. Super Bowl or bust. I mean, as real as you get. I, I, you're not going to fight me on that one, are you? No. And they're going to get better. Tredavious White's practice window is opening as of this week as well. So, Great call. Yeah. Right. Uh, I mean, they're, they're a scary team to play against. I, and you just saw them play against your Steelers. Watching the, they just go 98 yards out of the gate. The way that the Josh Allen throws the ball. Yeah. The plus 91 point differentials almost double the next closest team in the NFL, which happens to be a 5-0 team in the Philadelphia Eagles. I found some things out because I did my stat pack with the Bills last week. Anytime Gabe Davis is on the injury report at all, he basically does nothing. I guess he doesn't play great when he's fighting an injury. When he doesn't, he goes insane like he did against the Steelers. I mean, so (laughs) keep an eye on that. Healthy Gabe Davis, you might want to bet the over on the Bills. They're going to get better defensively when you get someone like a star corner like Tredavious White back if he's mm-hmm. playing healthy and at a high level. And I like what the rookie Kyrie Elam is doing there. I think they got better up front as well this offseason. Uh, multiple play- players in the front seven playing at a high level. The run game, if, if you had to point to something and say, look, okay, well, obviously, you know, Josh Allen gets banged up, gets hurt. That, that's a problem. Of course, of course. But, you know, right. Maybe the run game. If you get in cold weather in January, right. it hasn't been a problem in the past for the Bills. They got the same kind of mediocre run game they've always had. Is, you know, um, got a kind of a bunch of number twos and threes there, and it's been fine for them. But you know, maybe in January, does that let them down? Like, so let's say you go replay mm-hmm. Bills and Chiefs from the playoffs last year. 
does a better running game slow down the Chiefs because it plays keep away a little bit more? You know, something like that I'm thinking could benefit Possibly. the Bills. But you're kind of nitpicking here. Are they for real? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, like the Chiefs, who we'll get to here next, have really built a running game all of a sudden. The Bills have not. Um, this is a side note because it's a running back. But I've been picking up James Cook at the bottom of some of my uh, fantasy drafts just because he's out there. He's still explosive. Like the second half of the year might be a little more James Cook-esque, more of a receiver than, the, you know, a bell cow back. Yeah, but. And, and that's what's interesting about the Bills because they could get better than what they are right exactly. now. Yeah. James Cook, we saw him make an explosive play. Uh, Shakir. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, Shakir looks great. Uh, he, I, they got banged up a couple guys at wide receiver. He jumps in at number three. Yep. He had a, you know, long touchdown catch. He can get open. Um, so they've got reserves as well. The Buffalo Bills, they're, they're a deep team. They can play just about any kind of football, except for they're not great running the ball. That, that's exactly. about the only thing you say about them. But yeah, I mean, come, obviously for real scariest team still in the league, even though they do have that one loss. Yeah. And Allen might be going back to our Brady stat. Is he good enough that we don't need a running game? And oh, by the way, he brings a little more to the table running the football than Brady. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs don't have a great running game either. No. But it's a similar, you know, uh, you know, they don't have Stephon Diggs, but they got Travis Kelsey instead. You know, so it looks a little bit different with the Kansas City Chiefs at four and one. Also, I would say pretty easily for real. Yeah, 100 percent. I mean, they had a by all the advanced metrics, they had like the hardest schedule in the league. I thought this might be a 10 win season for Kansas City as they find out life past Tyreek and get a lot of these draft picks. They obviously accumulated a lot of picks. I thought there might be some growing pains. They only win 10 games or so. Ah, I don't think so. I think they got it all figured out. You know, yeah. I mean, the Kelsey stats, incredible. Mahomes is as good as ever. Um, four and one. They too are Super Bowl and bust. And fortunately for us, we get to see Bill's Chiefs this week. And I think that might determine where that game's played a couple months from now. Right. And with uh, the Chargers kind of banged up and not playing at the level, maybe some people thought the Broncos definitely not playing at that level. The one and four Las Vegas Raiders, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, the only team in the AFC West now with a plus point differential at plus thirty four. It, it looks like they could even run away with it with the West. Mm -hmm. That would be a much tighter division this year. Yeah, exactly. So once again, the Chiefs might just own the West as Andy Reid has since he arrived. How about those five and zero Philadelphia Eagles? I feel like it's pretty much no doubt that they're for real at this point. I can't really point yeah. to anything that really worries me about them. Maybe not even really. More Maybe not the, maybe they don't have the ceiling of the Chiefs and the Bills, but maybe they have fewer weaknesses too. Yeah. And my big concern, obviously, coming into the season was what we saw in the playoffs last year is if Todd Bowles or someone like that says, the only way you're going to beat us is with Hertz's arm against a Brady, a Rodgers, a Stafford, somebody like that in the conference. I had my doubts. I have way fewer doubts now. Their weapons are fantastic. The protection's great. They're good on both lines of scrimmage. Chiefs and Bills, I said Super Bowl or bust. If the Eagles, and their schedule looks great, win 14 games and get knocked off in the NFC Championship, that's still a heck of a year, but they're clearly the favorite in the NFC. When you say the Eagles' schedule is great, then that must mean you don't believe that the Dallas Cowboys at four and one or the New York Giants at four and one, who they're obviously going to be playing twice a piece in that division are for real. Sort of. The first three teams we talked about coincidentally are on their own tier to me. They're, they're the best three teams in the league and I'd probably rank them Buffalo, Philly, KC right now. I'm open to the idea though, kind of like you were talking about with the bills. Can Dallas get better? 
I think the answer is yes. I mean, Dak is going to be better than Rush. Some people think that maybe that's not the case. I know, but I'm not one of them. I have been impressed with Rush and the way they've been able to play. Yeah. With them. But I mean, let's not kid ourselves. Like Dak Prescott, they, they can be a better team with Dak Prescott in there. So, mm-hmm. um, but they've proven how good they are outside of Dak, which I think is important for the team and like the confidence that they're going to have now the rest of the season. Like, oh, we get Dak back. Like, let's go. And their defense, their pass rush, uh, that, that Dallas Cowboys team is really coming together right now. It really is. And I like where they're at quite a bit. They've won four in a row. Um, the thing that hurts them is I don't know if they'll win their division. So their path to a Super Bowl is going to be through the wild card round, which will be obviously a lot harder. If they were in any other division in the NFC, I would probably pick them to win their division right now. Um, I, I was looking at power ranks the other day. And, I, and as I mentioned, I think those top three teams stand alone. But when it's said and done, I could write the story where Dallas is four. You know, I mean, I, I mean, I could write that story with that defense, you know. Next, Matt, there's a couple of more four-win teams, and then we need to look at, at some of the teams that maybe have two or three wins that we think could leapfrog any of those four- and five-win teams in the NFL. And uh, keep digging into the Peacock and Williamson mailbag. we got questions about Nathaniel Hackett, if he's going to be one and done, and uh, a few more questions here that should finish up this episode very nicely but first i want to talk about our friends at betonline.net your number one source for football betting information this season how about nathaniel hackett taking a look at the updated odds for the next nfl coach to be fired or resign we talked a little bit about this yesterday matt the leader now in the clubhouse is cliff kingsbury second two to one odds is nathaniel hackett to be fired then ron rivera dan campbell and frank reich all names you brought up yesterday that is the top five in order according to bet online you maybe want to take some deeper odds on Pete carroll or mike tomlin resigning at 20 to 1 you can find those odds as well at bet online of course week six odds all the way through weekly odds through the rest of the season tons of futures and bet on your team to win the super bowl that is all available all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, in-depth articles, and analysis on every game you can find at Bet Online, which remains your continued source for all your sports wagering and information because you want to be informed before you make those bets. Live betting as well, up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there, not just football, Major League Baseball, NBA, MMA, boxing, golf, you name it. Get to BetOnline.net. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action at Bet Online, where the game starts. The next team with four wins, and this is one where I was not a believer until this last week, where the New York Giants in London beat the Green Bay Packers, and I just love the way they're playing. Can they sustain it? That's the question, but I believe they're more for real now than I did last week at this time in the New York Giants. I do too. Uh, um, I think that they are a good team. A contender? No. I mean, like these other teams we talked about can win the Super Bowl. The Giants can't win the Super Bowl to me. I can't write that story. But do you agree that they're almost guaranteed a playoff spot? I mean, like they're going to be a playoff team. I will not go that far. Just okay. because okay. The, the winning the division is the guarantee Guaranteed that you're in. And that's where I don't think the yeah, Giants, yeah. I don't think they can pull that off. It's a great story so far. Can they keep it up? No. And then the question we're going to ask next is which one of those teams could leapfrog them. And then the numbers game starts to get difficult with that playoff race because there's a number of pretty good teams with three wins and even two wins 
in the NFC still. And I think Good we're going to that point. surge to the middle with maybe the Giants. And what about the Minnesota Vikings, the last team here with four wins? Are they going to run away with the NFC North? The Packers are right behind them at three and two. Or are they going to be part of that that congestion in the middle that could be, you know, nine teams fighting for those wildcard spots? I think they're in the congestion in the middle. They'll end up in the playoffs. Not a contender, but a, certainly a very successful year, as you could say about the Giants. I mean, Minnesota's 4-1, and one, but they've outscored their opponents by 13 points. You know, like, okay, I mean, winning's important, but uh, I don't think they're a contender. Only the Carolina Panthers and Detroit Lions don't have at least two wins in the NFC. Oh, and the commander, sorry, the Washington mm, commander. Yeah, yeah. So there's three teams that don't have at least two wins. So all of those other teams could be 500 this week if they win, if they're two and three. Or you've got the Green Bay Packers at three and two. You've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at three and two. You've got the San Francisco 49ers at three and two in the NFC. And you got the Los Angeles Rams, the defending Super Bowl champs at two and three. You've got in the AFC, the Baltimore Ravens, the New York Jets, the Miami Dolphins, the Tennessee Titans, and the Los Angeles Chargers, all at three and two. If you had to pick one, let's say in the AFC, one in the NFC of those two or three win teams, which one of those is going to leapfrog one of the four or five win teams by the end? Tampa, for all the reasons I just said, because they have the defense, they have Brady, things are starting to get figured out. I think there's an extremely strong chance they go to four and two after this week, after visiting my hometown here. Um, obviously, the Niners, Rams, and Packers have to be considered because of their recent successes. I just trust Tampa of those teams the most. In the AFC, I'm torn between the Chargers because of their immense talent and Bosa coming back and I adore their quarterback and Baltimore because of Harbaugh. I can't fight you on any of those. Yeah. I don't think it's Denver. I don't think it's anybody in the South. Man, and I was a believer in, in Miami, but this quarterback situation is really throwing a yeah, wrench. Yeah, yeah. If, you know, hopefully Tua can get back and, and be that same guy that we saw to start the season. Then I'm back on the train with the Miami Dolphins, but it's been a little bit of a detour here uh, after the first quarter of the season. You hope it's just a four-week detour and right. you end up going, you know, end up three and four or something like that, and then you see the team that won, you know, the first three games. Real quick, that, that could happen. New York Jets, three and two. Can they finish above 500? I mean, that's a huge victory for the Jets. That's a big step from where they've been for a while. Yeah. Can they? I bet they end up with seven or eight wins. So I'm going to say no, but they can. They can, but they probably won't, is what you're saying. Um, Super quick question for him. I'm going to throw you a curveball here. Yeah. These are the one win teams Steelers, Texans, Raiders, Commanders, Lions, Panthers. Could all of them be in the mix for the first overall pick? I kind of think the Raiders and Steelers can't. Yes, Raiders. Raiders are the one that uh, they still have a, a pretty tough schedule. Right. And I don't think they're, I didn't project them to be a good team, but I think they're better than maybe one and four. And I think they're going to be clearly better than those teams in the end. I think the D Detroit should be able to figure something out here too. Yeah, I mean, Dan Campbell's name on the fired list. I, I don't I, I would not put money on that. Uh, if I had to pick the top two, I would say Raiders for sure. Then maybe next year, Detroit Lions by themselves. The other teams, I don't have a lot of confidence in those teams. Okay. At all. Like Washington, it looked like at the beginning of the year, it's like, OK, maybe. And then Wentz just kind of being Wentz is like, I, I don't feel the confidence there at all with Washington.
I'm remarkably biased, but I just can't imagine the Steelers having a top two or three pick. I mean, I've just been paying attention to them for 50 years almost, and that this doesn't happen. I mean, I think they end up with six wins or something and pick eight, you know. Well, you saw the Raiders go on a run last year. Yeah, yeah. With an interim coach. Could the Carolina Panthers, they have more talent than how mm. bad they've played. Could they maybe figure something out? Yeah, they maybe could. You know, like, it wouldn't shock me if they ended up ahead of Atlanta in the South. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I could buy that. Can Lamar truly win? For the first pick. <laughs> I think I mean, Houston's the leader in the clubhouse, but the commanders could absolutely get it. I think any of the teams could. Like, the NFL's bizarre, too. And if you think you know what's going on, wait two weeks. Like, yeah. Right. That's what's fun about the, there's going to be a team with two or three wins right now that maybe is flirting with that at some point in the end. Like teams can go up and down very quickly. I mean, the Raiders um, only been outscored by five points this year. Real quick question. If there's a short answer to this one uh, with your Steelers knowledge, what's up with Najee Harris hurt? No vision just doesn't have a burst. Would love to hear your thoughts. I just wrote an extensive article about this. I do think he is fighting injury. Um, I don't think he's being used properly as a receiver. Um, I also think even his best tape is not very explosive and he has very little home run ability because when Warren has been in there, the running game has been better and it's a noticeable difference. I mean, it's a little alarming. Like I'm not saying the guy's a bust. He isn't, but he needs a lot of touches and he's not getting them. He needs to be used extensively in the receiving game. And they're not, I mean, I think they thought he was Lev Bell when they drafted him and they're mm-hmm. not using him that way. And he doesn't really deserve to be used that way because of the way he's playing. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks everybody for getting in your questions. Uh, if we did not get to yours, I apologize. We're going to save some of these good questions though for next week as well. The game of chicken between Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens is a very interesting one. We didn't have time mm-hmm. to get to today, but we will be back tomorrow. We're starting to preview those week six games, a whole bunch of good ones. We'll be back with you then right here. Peacock and Williamson.